Welcome to Devoted Family, where we have conversations about faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. And our foundation for all of these is the Word of God. We hope to encourage, equip, and learn from one another as we put these principles into action. We believe that ministry starts at home, and if each person is faithful in that role, the world will be a very different place. We pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to you through us in today's discussion, and that you would be open to the life that He wants for you and your family. devoted families. Welcome back for another episode. We are very excited about today's topic. We really are. It is all about fitness today, y'all. And my name is Crystal, and this is my incredible husband, Manfred. Hello. And part-time personal trainer, of course, (laughs) because once I got married, I gained a personal trainer, and it is it, it's a good thing and a, and a challenging thing, if I, I can be yeah. honest. <laughs> I would actually argue that I gained a trainer because my wife here, she used to be a spin instructor and we have a couple of spin bikes in our garage. That's the only place that I can outdo you, I think. The only and, place. And she absolutely does. We do a lot of spin lessons and it's I fun. barely make it. Well, um, whenever... It's funny, actually. I looked up uh, the other day on my Instagram and I saw where I had posted about being able to do Mm pull-ups since I got married because you inspired me to just try and it started with the band and all of a sudden I could do pull-ups. But anyway, we aren't going to tell you about all of the things that we can and can't do in our fitness journeys, but I will say that we are not where we want to be, but we recognize the importance and are working toward the goals that we have mm-hmm. set because of the biblical intertwined nature mm-hmm. of fitness. Yeah. And I would also say, I mean, we really want to be cautious around this topic um, because it is a sensitive topic to a lot of people. And we really want to be wise in how we address it. Absolutely. And we just want to make sure that by no means we are we're trying to judge, you know, someone's someone's fitness program or workout or, or even their bodies, you know, this is really just taking a look at the Bible and biblically, what are we as believers um, commanded to do in regards to fitness? And how do we take care of the body that God has really blessed us with? Exactly. And this is something that it is, I mean, just like you said, it's not about the actual, uh, I guess, outcome for each person. Mm-hmm. This is about having number one, a healthy mindset in a, in a correct understanding of what it is to be truly healthy physically and mm-hmm. understanding the the call that we have, the responsibility that we have to take care of our bodies. And I do want to say just before we get started mm-hmm. that I am aware that there are many, many of you who are maybe struggling right now with some kind of either food addiction or a, uh, you know, anorexia or, or, or some kind of struggle like that. And I just want you to know that this, all of this should be encouraging and helpful for you, mm-hmm. not condemning. That's so good. And since I love data so much, I wanted to bring up a few statistics um, and numbers that were very interesting around this topic. And it's one of the the data points was that about 78 million people in the U.S. um, of adults and about 12 and a half million children um, are actually obese, 
which I mean that that's a huge number, right? Wow. Um, and then I mean, Gosh. there's also other reports that indicate you know they're projecting that by 2030, half of all adults, which is about 115 million people in the United States, will be obese. I mean that's oh, insane. That's a big number, and and so I think that out of that, I mean that's a that's a shocking statistic. I know that some of those have underlying issues like thyroid issues mm-hmm. and all of these different um, things that are maybe outside of the control. But you can't tell me that half of all adults are are people in that category. Yeah. So because this falls into so many different categories of our life and it impacts so much. I mean, if you think about it, right, your energy to spend with your family, the ability to focus, the ability to live and have extra years. I mean, it really, it impacts everything else that we do. I don't know about you. Well, I do know about you. I know that you're the same as me, but I don't know about you guys listening, but whenever I am you know, on a regular fitness routine and eating healthy, I feel different in every area of my life. Oh, 100%. And that's, that's just a fact. I mean, I think that's been proven over and over, you know, I mean, that, that your physical, um, fitness levels also help you think faster, think, Mm -hmm. think wiser and more clear. Yeah. There's a lot of science behind it, but also just the, you know, I mean, just experience. Yeah. But so with all of this, we have tons of theories out there. We have tons of people speaking into this. And we wanted to go back to the source, though, and see, okay, well, what does the Bible say about the body? Yeah. And so the first scripture we really wanted to look at is in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20, where it says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God, you're not your own, you're bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And this, I mean, this is a big, big scripture. There's a lot yeah, to is, unpack This is here. a pretty standard. Like if you've, if you've been around Christianity a lot, I, I feel like this one, everyone's like, yeah, body's a temple, got it. But, you know, it's important whenever we think about that, really think that through. Yeah. And I, I would really think, I mean, if you, if you really understand that you're not your own, that's a big deal. I mean, mm-hmm. us understanding that, I mean, you've just been, you're renting your body, you know, mm-hmm. God has given this to you um, and you're just a steward of your physical body. And so you, I mean, it's, it's really important that you take care of it and do a, do a good job of that. And honestly, love it. Mm-hmm. I think that I, so personally, I went through a season where I was very, very dedicated in my running and in my fitness routines, but it was with the wrong heart and it was out of self-hatred and fear of becoming a certain, you know, person, I guess, a certain size, certain weight, whatever. Mm. But that was not what God would have me do. That was not the point. But if you look at Old Testament temples, they went to such great lengths and in such great detail to follow the instructions of the Lord mm-hmm. and to honor him and to make it a holy place. And the fact that, I mean, that was where God was dwelling was a big deal. I mean, it was a huge deal. So that's why we have to really take that in, take in the fullness as much as we can, that our body now is that temple. So the years and years that they spent on building it, the exact measurements, the exact number of items, the uh, it was covered with 
plates of gold on this side and this, you know, I mean, just all of the specifications, God cares about the temple and he has now said, you are the temple. So you should probably care about the temple. Yeah. That's so good. Um, well, That's awesome. so I guess the second point though, is the need for self-discipline. Self-discipline pops up as a fruit of the spirit. And that is, I mean, self-discipline, if the first thing that you think about whenever you think of self-discipline probably is around, you know, nutrition, eating Workouts. and physical discipline. Right. And so in first Corinthians nine verses 24 through 27, Paul's talking about the runners and running, you know, to, for mm-hmm. the, in such a way to get the prize. But, uh, it goes on to say that therefore I do not run like someone running aimlessly. And so I don't know about you, but you know, are you, are you running aimlessly? That's kind of the question. We, we have to have self-discipline. It's a mandate. It's a need and it's a command. It's going to be beneficial for us to have a goal, to have a direction that we're running in. Mm -hmm. And this is self-discipline is a big, a big point. Um, I always used to think about this phrase grinding with grace, you know, like working hard, um, but doing it from a, a place of of grace, you know, um, that was such an interesting concept to me because often we think like, man, we're forcing ourselves and we are, you know, just, I don't know, abusing our bodies and, and just tearing it up in the gym, you know, but if you, if you look at it from a different perspective and you think, man, I am, I am pushing myself and, and really pushing my body from a place of grace, you know, in a place of, um, freedom and I don't know, it makes such a difference to me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so well, and it's interesting hearing you say that because um, people might not know this, but so mm-hmm. Manfred was a professional tennis player and he played college athletics where I would say in college athletics, you really are just kind of just torn up in workouts. I mean, you're just grinding for four years yeah. and really, you know, four to five years, depending on how many years you actually play. But so he played tennis at Arkansas and man, that, that, I mean, tennis is a hard sport. I played golf and we did work out, but it wasn't anything like tennis. <laughs> well, golf is, it's a different kind of workout. Yeah. In the mind. <laughs> which, which brings up another good point that, you know, um, fitness is not only about the body, but it really has so many amazing benefits, you know, Amen. for the mind. Um, Amen. And there's we used several, to say sweat therapy. Sorry, yeah, just saying. And and there are several pastors, you know, I mean, pastors who who passed away 100, 200 years ago, who would work out intentionally in order to make sure that they can have enough stamina and and time in their prayer room, prayer closets, you know, to sustain um, long long terms of prayer. So it's dedication. It's yeah, it's incredible. Well, so moving on to our next point of just what the Bible says about our bodies. This is a really big one. And we are not trying to open up a big can of worms around theological. This is not a seminary class by any means, but (laughs) the Bible does talk about a physical resurrection. Um, just, you know, as Christ was physically, uh, risen from the grave, that our bodies are not just going to be thrown away. You know, they're, Mm -hmm. they're going to be renewed and restored and revitalized. And, in Philippians 3.20, the Bible says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. So 
that, I mean, like I said, not trying to open a can of worms here, but we can't just be like, well, you know, I'm just going to kind of live life YOLO Mm -hmm. and then fly on to glory in my, in my spirit. There is a place where I don't know exactly what that looks like. We won't know until we're there. And, but you know, our body is not just going to be tossed. It's going to, it's going to matter how you treated the temple. It really is. Good job, my wife. (laughs) I love her. Um, the next next thing we really wanted to look at real quick is food. And I think food is a big one, um, something that I had to work on because I grew up eating basically anything I want and because I have a metabolism of, I mean... He came out of the womb ripped, I'm convinced, I because mean, that's what our son did. He came out with biceps, so I'm convinced he got that from my husband and not from me. Well, I just have a very high metabolism. I mean... In college, I could eat about 5,000 calories a day and standard, gain a pound. So. Standard male athlete. <laughs> yeah, but if we, if we, let's go back to scripture. You know, if, yeah. I mean, in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 12, Paul was saying, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for, lawful for me, but not to be mastered by anything. Yeah, and food is for the stomach and stomach is for the food, but God will do away with both of them. That's really interesting to me as part of that scripture. Yet the body is not for immorality, but for the Lord Mm -hmm. and the Lord is for the body. So that is really an interesting scripture to me. Yeah. I mean, I think the the key for me was, was in the, in the beginning, right? That everything is, is lawful. I mean, I can, I can do all these things because of grace, but not all of these items are profitable. Yeah. So that's where we would just look at, okay, is it a sin to have cookies like we did tonight? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, absolutely not. Is it a sin to start having cookies every night? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Depending on the heart behind it. Is it a sin to be addicted to cookies, to be gluttonous with cookies? To binge on cookies. Probably yes. But regardless, the question is, is it beneficial? So that's where there's a lot of gray area in this. So you, this is where the big challenge is, is that you are the only person who can test your heart and who can really make changes where you need to make changes. Yeah. And I would also say, I mean, it's like all, all sins is that one doesn't try to see how close you can get to not sinning, right? but rather err on the side of, you know, walking all the way on the other side of trying to, to be as, as holy, you know, and, and as, um, great of a follower of Christ as you, you can be. Yeah. And so, but on the other side of that, uh, away from kind of the, the gluttonous mindset, I think that it's important to also say that you need to guard against the extreme on the other side, because I, at one point also was counting my calories, like it was pinching pennies, you know, every single calorie had a place and I knew exactly how much was in it. And that was not beneficial for me either because I was so idolizing the control of it all. So, Mm -hmm. so again, this is all about a healthy relationship with both exercise and food, but I will say that food in general is such a beautiful, I guess, process that the Lord has hardwired into us because no matter what, it, it just shows the dependency, the constant dependency. I mean, the only better examples mm-hmm. are air and water, but for food, you know, he, he gathers us around tables. He, he forces us to stop 
to just stop and and address a weakness, a need that we have for nourishment. That's good. And I think that it's a reflection of our need for him of, hey, no matter how busy you get, no matter how much is going on, everyone in this world has to stop and find nourishment. So that's really good. That's just a thought. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean the next the next scripture we wanted to look at is in Galatians five twenty two. You know, which is really the the fruits of the spirit, which most of you probably know. Um, but it, I mean, it's it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And against such there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ who have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Mm-hmm. And that's what we touched on earlier is just that self-control, self-discipline is a fruit of the spirit. And so many times we see that gluttony is a sin. So we do know that there is a point yeah. where it is actual sin, where it's not just conscience, but yeah. it points out the clear opposition of those who follow their stomachs versus following God. And yeah, that's... yeah. Also, at the end of that verse, it says, you know, that we who've been crucified with Christ, we've also crucified our flesh with its passions and desires. Mm. And that's a big deal because it's so easy, I think, for people to, and for me too, to just go via your feelings and be like, oh, I really feel like having some cookies now, some chocolate, you know. Mm-hmm. And with food, that's so easy, especially with sweets, especially with all the good foods that are around, you know, in the US. Um, I mean, all over the world, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's easy. It's an easy trap to fall into. It's you a know, slippery and slope. <laughs> it is. And I don't think we always think about this area of, wow, I have to crucify my passions and desires with food. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we don't see that as an area of... Especially for how many Christians get together over coffee, over lunch, over all of these things. And it's so funny because our whole culture pivots on food. Like, what mm-hmm. would we do if we didn't you know have meals with one another it no, seems it's, like it's true it seems like the natural thing but um, another point so just out of this there can be the severe cases you know severe cases of gluttony is food addiction and I, it's yeah. important to note that any any type of addiction is idolatry actually so it, it's placing something above god And so that's not just substances. I mean, this can be sugar. It can be fast food. It can be even the other side. You could be addicted to yourself, like looking at yourself in the mirror and how great you look. So it's (laughs) not, it's not about, you know, just looking good or even just feeling good. It's about spiritually being in a healthy place and a healthy relationship with both your body, your mind, your self-discipline, that you're growing and being sanctified in the fruits of the spirit, which does include self-control. That's so good. And that really, I mean, that leads us to the next point of, you know, what what kind of relationship do you have with Mm -hmm. your body? And I mean, I think there's a, there's a big difference here between women and men. Yeah. And (laughs) I mean, for I can just speak for the man because obviously I'm a man. Yeah, I I wouldn't. That's very wise to not try to speak for the ladies. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, between mindset around your body, workout plans, goals that you set for yourself, how you're motivated to work out. I think those are some of some of the areas that we differ a lot on. We this is an ongoing topic, actually, in our marriage Mm -hmm. that our workout plans and goals look really, really different. And I was in an unhealthy place at one point with my relationship with my body. And then I got to a place where I felt like I was in a a 
a good healthy relationship. He mentioned that I used to teach spin. Whenever you're teaching spin classes multiple times a day, (laughs) you're not counting calories. You are just trying to keep up. And ironically, you crave healthy food. So, you know, my plan and my goals were a little bit different, but also how I'm motivated. So I think that I have to lovingly tell Manfred, at least I do my best to, to communicate that. I thrive off of encouragement and off of, I guess it's just, it's different because he encourages, but in a challenging way of, Mm -hmm. you know, pointing out the, the things that he wants to improve versus (laughs) if he would tell me like, wow, you're looking so good, which he has now, like he's really started to do that well. But in the beginning it was like, Hey, if we could just work on this. And I'm like, no, you didn't. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's, it's important to understand that the heart behind it was pure. It wasn't, it wasn't to say, Oh, a thousand percent. Wow. You need to work on this. It was more of that's the way I am motivated. I look at, wow, where am I struggling? How can I improve that area? And mm-hmm. I think, I think personally, I mean, there's a lot of men who we look at, okay, what's the problem? How do we fix it? And then we make a plan and set a goal and we, we work on that area and focus on it. Yeah. And, and that is really important to hear that ladies, like if your husband is saying things like that, like the heart might be completely pure, just like my husband's is. Might and be. So and that's, that's important to know. It, it may not be as well. Right. But here's the thing is that it was my responsibility to communicate with him and tell him that's not how I'm motivated the best. And then that was, and then he's done a great job of motivating me in the way that I am most motivated. But that means that I also need to learn how he's motivated. So if you're working out together, just, or if you're even talking about fitness, because I know that we've talked about this, that it can be actually a really hard thing for men to bring to women because we can be really sensitive about it. We can be really self-conscious about it. And I mean, I have been in a healthy place and I've been self-conscious about it with him because I do care what he thinks about me. I don't really care what anyone else thinks at this point, which is great, but, uh, you know, (laughs) yeah, it's a good point though. Yeah. It's it. And I should care. And I want to honor my husband in that way. That's one of the biggest blessing ladies. Like I don't think that men will say this, but women, if you can honor your husband in any way, it's taking care of yourself physically or trying to just making, making effort toward that. And I know it's hard. I just had a baby just nine months ago. And so coming back from that is a challenge. And a lot of women, that's a big hangup because I mean, you need a lot of extra calories. You can't move as much. You grow very large mm-hmm. and you're swollen. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, I, I'm still in the middle of all of this. So but she's totally killed it. I mean, <laughs> I I have to say that women are absolute rock stars because all the things that women go through having kids, it's unbelievable between breastfeeding, between mm-hmm. sleepless nights, and that's an ongoing process, the whole pregnancy phase. But I mean, we can do it. We'll, we'll talk about that in, in a different podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but as it relates to the body, there are lots of changes that also mentally you're going to have to address if pregnancy is something that you have experienced. Yeah. And and again, being in, in good condition and good shape is such a benefit, especially for things like pregnancy. And I mean, mm. all around it is it's such a beautiful benefit. Um, I wanted to bring up one more scripture, which is one of my favorite scriptures ever. And it's in Hebrews, Hebrews 12, verse 11. And it says that no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. And this is one of the verses that I've, I've, I come back to all the time. 
you know, to, to keep me motivated on, and this is not just for physical, you know, this is for, you know, any kind of discipline when you, when you're studying for an exam or when you're studying for a new skill set, learning a new skill set, this is such a, a benefit. Um, if you spend time in prayer and memorization, you know, just always remember, you know, at the time things don't always seem pleasant, but they do produce a harvest, um, over time. What do they say? Long obedience in the same direction. Yep. And something that we kind of coined was in our household, at least Mm -hmm. was DG. Yes. Delayed gratification. That's something that we just have really tried to implement when possible because of something like this, that at the time, you know, self-discipline doesn't seem pleasant, but later on it, it will produce a harvest. And so teaching our kids that and just including them like Callan, actually our son, he joins us now. He's only, he's almost 10 months old, but we work out together in our garage and he actually comes out and he watches us. And I was just thinking Mm -hmm. earlier today, actually, that it's so great that he is being raised around seeing us work out together every single day. I love that we're going to have kids who that's normal for them every Mm -hmm. day to have a time where we just, have a, a disciplined session to better our health. Yeah, that's so awesome. And I think that's a beautiful thing that one can give to your kids, you mm-hmm. know, and bless them with. with oh, that's with, such a gift. It is. It really is. I do want to add in just mm-hmm. from my research, I learned about, and I am not a pediatric nutritionist, nothing like that. But I did learn that in the most critical years, whenever your kids are developing, it is the most important time nutrition wise because they are developing fat cells and their their body is developing a norm that will carry into the rest of their life. So for us, I know that this was something really important to me that I don't care if later if he decides that he wants to eat donuts for breakfast and pizza for dinner every night, which he probably won't if he's raised eating mm-hmm. healthy food, but as long as in those critical years, you're actually feeding your kids healthy foods and not just giving into the junk food, not giving into these things, that actually will help them to not develop as many fat cells, which if they develop more, then they'll fill up really quickly. And it's really, it's a lot harder for them to actually get rid of that later in life. And it's easier for them to get larger and be in that obesity population. So just keep in mind as you are considering your decisions around what you're feeding your kids, that 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 is something that is going to stick with them for the rest of their lives. Don't give in in the moment, even if all their friends are doing it. It's hard, but that's the plan for us. But anyway, so we're going to wrap up here. And there are a few things that we want you to consider about where you are. Mm -hmm. So number one is what is your current state of health? Just how healthy are you? Yeah. Whether that be physically or mentally. That's so good. The other thing you really should consider is just your current motives and strongholds. Always, it is about the heart. A lot of these things, yes, it can be great to to look good on the outside and and physically be fit. But ultimately, the Lord really cares about your heart and your heart in working out, your heart in, in, you know, getting getting in in great condition. No whitewashed tombs. No whitewashed tombs. So the next is... What are some necessary commitments to make changes? So just taking into account everything that you maybe just listed out in your head, what do you need to do to change that for the better? Yeah. And then finally, it's important to just have realistic accountability. You know, this can be friends in your life, your your spouse. And we've actually found that it's, it's easy. I mean, it's good to have your spouse as an accountability partner, 
But in in certain instances, it is better to have an outside party, like a friend of yours, uh, who can really hold you accountable. Yeah, and that kind of overlaps into one of the episodes that we did on friends, yeah. which was how you know you're one flesh. So having outside accountability sometimes can be received better because you know you're just really close to your spouse, and it, like we also said, it's kind of a sensitive subject. So. I think it's really good to set accountability who can come from someone where you might not be as quick to yeah. be mad at if they say, hey, have you worked out today? Oh, I'm getting to it. But yeah. anyway, uh, so some That's a practical, great but, but some additional practical tips are that number one, I actually want to point out that we have a home gym. I know Manfred was so excited to, to share, share that. that, but it's okay. <laughs> We're sharing it together, but yeah. we love our home gym. And here's the thing. The cost of a home gym for what we paid for, we did not go super fancy, but it looks really fancy. Okay. It looks awesome. We found the best priced items, very affordable, efficient, and we found what we needed and even have some things that people gave us like Mm -hmm. a, a treadmill and things. I had my bikes and it is awesome. And guess what? It is the same price that we would have paid for both of us to be part of a gym in just one year. Yeah. But we get to have it forever. And we'll definitely do do another episode on this because I mm-hmm. think for most people, having a home gym can be extremely beneficial. Mm-hmm. Because once you have kids, you can have the whole family work out there. Um, it's just... I mean, it's so, so efficient, you know, not having to drive to a gym. It saves so much time. I mean, moms, if you just had a baby or, you know, all those things, you're not going to load up the car to go to the gym. Plus, if we ever have another coronavirus outbreak, you can work out in your garage. I think that everyone just from COVID-19 is going to be like, man, I wish I had a home gym. We're going to invest in that. So It's been the biggest blessing throughout the season to have a home gym. Another really practical point, though, is, and this will be the last one, is meal prepping. Obviously, it's massively beneficial for finances because you can save so much. And we will talk about this more because it's one of my favorite things to talk about. It really is. Is <laughs> how to be frugal with your finances and specifically on food. Because I think that most people spend a lot, a lot of money on eating out and foods in general. But meal prepping can be super beneficial as well for health, you know, health benefits. Mm -hmm. Because you can decide what you want to have, how much you want to have, put it in containers and then just heat it up and eat. So you remove the decision making, you remove the temptation where it's like, oh, well, this is already ready. We're just going to go ahead and, and have that. Yeah. And it saves incredible amounts of time. Because you don't have to cook every night, you know, and and so you're able to just knock it out one hour on the weekend, you know, and have food for the whole week. So with meal prepping, I kind of, this is just kind of a funny thing that I associate it with. I think about, so for example, I lived on the fourth floor in my apartment whenever I lived in Fort Worth. And I remember making that decision one time where I, I decided to sign the lease for the fourth floor apartment. And every single day I was forced into making a good decision to climb the stairs. That's so good. Right. So you make the healthy decision one time to meal prep for the week. And then the rest of the week, you've got all that food and it'll go bad if you don't eat it. So you have to, you have to continue. So just think about that. Instead of making healthy decisions all week, you make it one time and then you're good to go. Great, Man, I love my wife. That's great decision making. I love my husband. 
So, but we wanted to finish with one of the one scripture um, that's in First Timothy four verse eight, and it says, "Physical training is good, but training for godliness is is much better, promising mm-hmm. benefits in this life and in the life to come." And I mean, this really sums up what what this whole thing should be about, right? I mean, while physical training is hugely beneficial and very wise to do, training for godliness is really what what we're supposed to be doing and what we should mm-hmm. focus the majority of our energy on. Amen. Um, and so we just really want to encourage you guys that, yes, absolutely take working out super serious and have fun with it, obviously, um, at and the enjoy level, it. At the level where you are. Yes, but but even more importantly, um, figure out, find people in your life, find mentors, find pastors, find friends who can help you grow in godliness. Mm-hmm. It is... I mean, it it builds not only your character, but it really changes your life. And that is what's really going to be a benefit for eternity. Yeah. And I mean, not even just that. It's that, you know, God... God has called us to to that above all. So, you know, there's so much that we could say about this, but we are going to cut ourselves off and tell you all goodbye until next time. But we love you. We're so grateful that you are listening to this podcast. And we hope that you are as encouraged by this and um, just, I guess, energized by it as we are. Yeah. And we're excited to dive deeper into these topics as we go on. Yeah, this is just an overview, very quickly, just some of the points that uh, the Lord brought to mind. It is. So we love you guys, and we're excited to to talk to you soon. Yep, we'll talk to you next time. If you enjoyed this discussion and want to support Devoted Family, you can do that by rating us on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends and family. If you're exploring who Jesus is and what it would look like to follow Him, we're so glad you're here. The Gospel is simple. The Bible isn't a rule book that you've got to obey in order to earn the love of God. It's about God's rescue mission. God created people to enjoy Him. But people think they don't need God to enjoy life. God is wise, perfect, light and love. When people try to live without Him, they many times choose hatred and darkness. But God doesn't leave us there. He made provision for our sin in such a way that He can still be holy and just, yet also rescue those He loves. He sent Jesus, who claimed to be God, to be the perfect sacrifice as payment in our place. Our world and calendar pivot on Him. God made Him obvious to us when He brought Jesus back to life. This was how God showed that He has the power to deliver us from the cost of sin, which is death. God isn't mad at you. He loves you and wants you to know Him so that you can have life. If you believe this for the first time today or simply want to know more, visit devotedfamily.com forward slash gospel for next steps.